Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Wassap here for the Fightful.com podcast, December 13th edition. And you know what? This I, I can say this. The award-nominated duo of Sean Ross Sapp and Jeff Hawkins. We are both individually nominated, having nothing to do with one another. But still, I mean, we're like the mega powers, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, although this, with less cocaine. <laughs> this show will not generate as much buzz as your Matt Riddle shows, but still, we're, we're, we're a formidable duo. <laughs> that Matt Riddle podcast made some uh, waves last week. Oh, you think? Just a few? What? What did you think of that situation? I, you know, I tend to think social media gets a lot of people in trouble. I always like to say, err on the side of shut up and don't say anything, no matter which side you're on. And that way, because business will be business later on, no matter how far down the road you go. And things you say now, you know, five, ten years down the road, still end up stinging so it's just best to you know keep your mouth shut and move on with your life at times yeah i thought that honestly what i think is matt maybe forgot that he accepted the booking i think that probably happened and to his credit you know if he had a problem with how he was booked he should have said something now i agree maybe not have one of the most heralded indie stars in quite some time lose to a Captain of a pirate ship, but I like I like Lewis Linden. I'm, I'm just um, I'm just I, of the opinion that both sides here are kind of in the wrong a little bit. I, I don't yeah. think the promoter should have said anything about about why he wasn't going to be there. Yes, I think Matt should have possibly just kind of uh, kind of not come out with with whatever. I I I, I you know it. it I under, well, I, mean, I, under, was, I understand. I had to ask him. No, he's got a podcast. I he's under- going to talk about it. No, I understand your point of view. You need to ask the questions. For for me, I always, I don't. There's you don't always have to be honest. <laughs> if I can be honest with you, it's like oh no, we don't need that at all times. But I understand why he did. I just I'm I'm not sure it was the most savvy move in the world. But I understand why, and that's his personality, and more power to him. I mean, here's the thing. I just sped up the process, Jeff, because AIW was going to talk about it on their podcast. Yeah, I, I know. Matt was going to talk about it eventually. Yeah. I just, I just wrapped it up in a neat little bow for everybody. Oh, no, you, you were thinking business, and you said, how can I get all those clicks for me? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> but I wanted to give them – I mean, you know, there, there was some crazy stuff being said there, and yes. I, wanted, I really did want to give them the chance to, to answer because – 
I think it'd be a little irresponsible to at least not reach out. Now, I didn't expect to hear back from John Thorne, but he got back to me uh, quite quickly, and we were able to talk it out. But and, and don't get me wrong, nobody here said anything, you know, horrible necessarily. It, it, it's nothing that couldn't probably be fixed mm-hmm. with time or anything to that effect. I, it, I'm not saying that. Oh man, they they did went scorched earth on one another. They didn't. And that well, was listen. If they don't book Matt Riddle and Tracy Williams or Tra- and Hot Sauce against. Luis Linden and Pirate Paul Burchill in a double dare match. Then I don't know what the, I don't know what the hell we're doing here. <laughs> you gotta you gotta book Matt Riddle against an honest to god pirate somewhere now. You gotta do it. Either way, hmm. we got SmackDown to talk about. We've got new WWE uh, upcoming WWE signing, a firing, a little bit of UFC news. I thought this was. Quite a missable SmackDown for the most part, Jeff. Uh, you had a couple number one contender matches. Yeah, oh, yeah. Here, here's what I'll say. If I was watching this in a vacuum, I would say the in-ring stuff was pretty good, at least fairly enjoyable. From a storytelling standpoint, I thought it was quite lazy, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I, I thought they really didn't put a lot of critical thought into a lot of this. Now, when when we get into it, I, I thought it started out very intriguing, and then when it got kind of into what it was going to do for the night, I just kind of, yeah, I kind of tuned out a little bit. But I mean, overall, I mean, I'm not going to disparage the match quality necessarily because I thought that Fatal Four Way was pretty good. Yeah, um, and, and there, you know, there were some good things on here, but I just, I just thought, you know, multi man matches and battle royals to determine contenders. I think that's lazy. Before we get into breaking down the segments individually, guys, go over to Fightful.com. Register for a free Fightful.com account. You will get uh, the aforementioned early access to podcasts like the Matt Riddle Show, the Shane Helms Show. We are reacting to total nonstop deletion this Friday afternoon. Access to our forums, uh, our pro series, which featured someone who was on SmackDown tonight, uh, as well as EC3, uh, Jason Kincaid, Showdown Joe. By the way, that Showdown Joe show has moved to Wednesdays at 1, so you can watch us at work. You'll get all kinds of stuff at Fightful.com, the award-nominated Fightful.com, which I will ride to the death. (laughs) Head over there, guys. Also, check out uh, Most Ridiculous with Anna Bauer. Awesome segment we have on the site. You get uh, exclusive analysis from Brandon Howard. Also, multiple award-nominated Brandon Howard. Yeah, vote for us in the sheeties. I've got a link up on the podcast page, guys, so check that out. Also, you can submit uh, Q&A questions to Joe, Matt Riddle, and uh, Shane Helms over on those forums. So check it out, my friends. Also, leave us a thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe to us. You can also check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to us there. Leave us a positive review. That really helps. Also, share the site, Twitter, Facebook, yada, yada. Mauro Ronaldo welcomes us to the show. He's got JBL, Otunga, Tom Phillips, Lord Alfred Hayes, Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, who else? Don West is there. Mike Dr. Nay. Dr. Joyce Brothers, I think, is probably Dr. there. Dr. Joyce the Brothers. Oh, yeah. sure. um, <laughs> I think Mike Adam Lee was somewhere in the, under that booth, hiding, waiting for his opportunity. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles says he's not wasting any time. He shows us stills from um, – actually, no, this – I don't know why I'm, I'm on last week's report <laughs> of SmackDown on Fightful.com. I was like, wait a second. AJ Styles didn't kick off this show. I was just like, what, what the hell is going on here? It's like, what are you watching? <laughs> I was like, what? wait a second now. I know this wasn't this week's show. I watched this week's show. 
supposed to get a James Ellsworth, AJ Styles match. That did not happen. James Ellsworth is in the back sneezing, coughing, wheezing. Um, this is some of the worst community theater acting sick that I've ever seen, but still. Oh, it yeah. Gets it's po- terrible. It gets the point across. Oh, we employ three actors on Fightful alone, so I get three people telling me how terrible this is going to be <laughs> over the next week. But that's the charm of James Ellsworth, oh, no, I guess. I like James mostly. It's just the, the coughing and sneezing to, to, to yeah. indicate sickness was a little bit over the top. It's the most like, third grade trying to get out of school shit I've ever seen. <laughs> that's what he did. It's he like, needed to put like Visine in his eyes so it looked like he was crying. <laughs> It's like when you start sneezing, achoo, achoo, mom, I want to come home from school. My stomach hurts so bad. Come on now. My mom wasn't having any of that. She's a school teacher. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, I had her for uh, my junior and senior year in math. And if I was ever sick, take a couple pills. You're going to class today, son. Not missing my lessons. Oh, yeah. Pour some tussing on it. So anyway, (laughs) Daniel Bryan, uh, and Shane McMahon say, you're not wrestling tonight. This was a creative way to get them out of this match again. But then Shane McMahon dumps an entire bottle of Purell on Daniel Bryan's hand, which I did enjoy. Uh, <laughs> so an elimination match is announced between Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler, Miz, and Luke Harper. Uh, after all this situation uh, occurs which after Miz TV, which that, that was an interesting Miz TV. I loved the Miz TV up until the point they said it was going to be a multi-man match because I was like, man, yeah. I hope AJ comes out. I hope Miz challenges him to a title match because that's what secondary title holders should do. They should not just yes. be happy with the, their one belt, especially heel secondary title holders. They should and always this one, be. Yes. This one who legitimately has increased the profile of the title. One of the first feuds I ever watched in professional wrestling when I first started was way back in 1984. Back in back, you know, we yes, we had TV and it was color, but it was Tully Blanchard and Ric Flair. And Tully came out and, inter- and interrupted and Tully was the national heavyweight title at holder and Ric Flair was the world heavyweight title holder was kind of being a tweener at the time and and it was a great little feud that that then eventually turned Flair face when he went to get Blackjack Mulligan but I like this I like I liked the intrigue of the Intercontinental Champion challenging the heavyweight champion I like that and I like certain kind of heels I like that kind of feuding I I do because I think it's natural for them to not like other people so that I mean it was intriguing up until the point when Dolph and <laughs> and uh, oh god, I can't even remember his this name. This is another reason why the Miz is such a great heel because he doesn't like anybody but his wife. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He's in it for himself and for the money. I love that. I, I love it. Oh, everything I always found that. it weird that all these good guys with these these Dean Ambrose uh-huh. high moral values wouldn't come help other guys with with such moral values, but all these complete douchebags would run to each other's aids aid and help each other cheat and. I'm like, how do these assholes get on the same page? But all these good guys can't. Exactly. But, well, that's and that's that's probably a reason why a lot of people can't get over. Now, the Miz. This also shows why he's such a great heel. I mean, he doesn't like anybody, and he let that be known. Uh, I did like that he, in true true heel fashion, he put over AJ Styles' hair. Because you got to put over the hair if you're a heel. <laughs> I'm trying to get that shine. I love that line. I just don't know why I, I did. The, the other 
issue, I mean, in terms of storytelling I had with this, is that Luke Harper has not been built up to be a heavyweight champion contender, and Dolph Ziggler has just been beaten in a blow-off of the secondary title. So it, it you have to strain some credibility there in terms of who's de- deserving of a shot rather than it being like a, a haphazard type thing, which is why I don't like the multi-man matches, especially on a show with a split roster where it's already thin. It feels like we've gone through this before where everybody has already been beat. Luke Harper gets beaten all the damn time. People keep yeah. asking me, where do you think Samoa Joe's going to go? Well, shit, I hope he goes to SmackDown. Because they need some depth if if Wyatt and Orton are in that tag team scene. Well, look, SmackDown's looking to trade Eva Marie, so... <laughs> Gosh, I, I saw that last night, and I was like, that would be a savvy Daniel Bryan move, just abusing Mick Foley's weird obsession with women's wrestling. That's the Pau Gasol trade. That's the Pau Gasol to the Lakers trade right there. Yeah. Where they just fleece dudes. <laughs> Natalia versus Carmella. Uh, Natalia did okay in handling this match, but, this, but, I mean, it wasn't like a great match or anything. It was just – it is what it was. Carmella won via pinfall. Nikki Bella, for as much as she has improved in the ring, mm. her body language and acting is no. just the shits. No, it was. It is the shits. I, I don't know. I was a little bit harder on this match than you were. I, I didn't think these. I didn't think Carmella and and, and oh, Natty. I think they start off grading it on the Carmella scale here. The the, okay. the sliding scale. And I and I'm inclined to like Carmella. So for some reason, I don't know why. I just think she plays. Whatever the heck that character is, she, she's doing quite well in terms of just being the yeah. douchebag of the women's division. But there's no, for me, there's no real intrigue into this Nikki, who jumped Nikki Bella storyline to begin with, unless they do a total swerve and make it Becky Lynch. Yeah. But who's the baby face now? Nikki? She the lone baby face? Yes. I think so. Other than Naomi. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about Naomi on right. the show. Right, I just she's hurt. Anyway. But but overall, I just don't find drama in the who jumped Nikki Bella story because the acting just isn't that good, to be honest with. You. I mean, Natty is not a natural actress. She's she's when she's playing, when she can actually be herself, she's quite endearing, I think. But when she's acting, you could tell that now's the time to turn on this emotion, you know, kind of thing. And you're just like, okay, great, whatever. And, and yeah, Nikki Bella's not selling it terribly well on commentary so it's just a weird segment that seems drawn out for the sake of drawing it out so i hope it becomes a swerve at the end we had a battle royal for number one contendership of Mm. the tag titles it was for the number one contendership correct yes okay make a case for the hype bros for me they put them over big on commentary last week I know it was telegraphed. I knew they were going to win. That's the only it. case I can gunning for the titles. I, if it's that fucking easy, why aren't we doing it? I don't see why you just don't put two teams in there and have them battle it out for the number one contendership and say that's it because you killed this division again doing this type of thing, especially American Alpha. What the hell? Yeah, I I, I don't think battle royals kill people as much. I think that pinfall elimination matches. Yes. Do. Okay. No, I, I will grant but, you that. I just think it's a lot. Still, of, it's a lot of talent at once to kind of burn through. American Alpha doesn't need to be the team that isn't getting what they deserve, and that causes the reaction and uprising. They need to be the team that goes out and kicks the living shit out of everybody. They're going to get over in the ring, not outside of it. I think these two guys could have been something special. Mm-hmm. 
I think they could have been this this generation Steiner brothers. I and agree. Dead in the water. Yeah, the, I mean the the, the the one thing that kind of piqued my interest is I guess those puppets aren't helping Simon Gotch get out of that doghouse. <laughs> I, I guess I must miss the the puppets again. Did they come no, out? No, with no, them that again? was uh, that was on last week's SmackDown pre-show, and since the pre-show's and since the pre-show's been canceled now. Oh yeah, puppets got it canceled. You know what? I would hope that Puppet H would have made a return and like feuded with those at least. You know Puppet H has to hold that new talent down. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that, the Hype Bros, they're going to get squashed by the Wyatt family. I, I just I don't understand this. I mean... They did that, and they, they furthered the Heath Slater-Rhino split that started on Talking Smack yeah. last week. Uh, you know, I, I thought they were kind of minorly rehabbing the Ascension here. And then that got, but I mean, they had them do some power moves. So, I mean, they were, okay. you know, maybe American alpha, maybe this rides all the way until WrestleMania and American alpha wins the titles there and they unseat the dominant Wyatt family. Maybe who knows? I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with that. I, you just need to be able to, I mean, you just can't do that two weeks out. That has to be like a two month, three month type of build where you're doing it gradually, gradually, gradually. And they're starting to gain momentum. And you want to see that kind of like you did when they were in N- NXT and you did that with the dusty classic and it really kind of built to a head. It's, it's one of those weird things where they don't do that kind of long-term planning. Well, they know what they want to do in the end. And then they kind of, with the exception of like a top storyline, they kind of forget about everybody else. And they go, oh, yeah, we need to do that right now. Let's, let's, you know. I just, uh, it's so forced, this hype bros thing. I agree. But they. And I mean, it wouldn't, if they had, it was just so obvious last week, we're coming for those titles. And then on Instagram and then on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, shit. This is a holding pattern feud because they don't want, they don't want anything of interest until possibly Royal Rumble or after for the road to WrestleMania. So, I mean, this is, this is that feud to get you through the dead September, dead December time. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, we don't have a pay-per-view, a SmackDown pay-per-view until, but they are hyping this. They are hyping the SmackDown live in two weeks as a big deal. Cause John Cena's coming yeah. back. That's when they're going to do That's true. You know, I think they're doing, that's when they're doing the, the uh, Ellsworth title match. Right. Also, something else. Maybe. Something else is happening on the twenty seventh. It's either that or the. Uh, They'll probably do another Alexa or the Alexa Becky, Becky match. match. Maybe yeah, that maybe that's what I was thinking. Speaking of Fightful dot com Pro Series contributor Deanna Perazzo, she didn't get her match. She got attacked. Alexa Bliss cut a good promo, called her a charity case. Uh, Deanna Perazzo has now appeared on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Ring of Honor, TNA. All this year, she's quite good. That's- I'm still surprised the WWE didn't sign her and. Of course, it was funny to me because that's the one person that Deanna Perazzo towers over is Alexa Bliss. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I thought Alexa's promo was outstanding. I thought her interplay with, with Shane McMahon was quite interesting in terms of just watching yes. her and how she performed. But I was kind of hoping to see that Alexa Bliss-Deanna Perazzo match, to be honest with you. I really I wanted too. to see it. I think Deanna's going on a trip soon. So she's going to have some cool stuff coming up. Good. Uh, Becky comes out and says, well, you didn't want a match because you weren't in gear, but you're in gear. I'm in gear. Let's do this match. So they had the match. Alexa 
feigned an injury, got counted out. Obviously, sets up for maybe in two weeks, maybe in the maybe at the Royal Rumble, a fine match. I really want to see these women not do one footed drop kicks anymore. Yeah, I hate one footed drop kicks. They look terrible. All of them do it now. All of them on that roster do it. Because Carmella, Carmella's been very guilty of that as well as has Nikki Bella, from what I've been watching. So maybe that maybe that's a new, you know, mandate. Maybe Alicia Fox has that issue too. So I mean, it's it's not just yes. it's one of those weird things where up and down the roster you can see that. So maybe it's something they're telling them, or maybe it's just training. I I don't know. It, it's very. It's very odd that everybody seems to do that. Yeah, it's weird. I don't like it. Uh, Alicia can pull it off sometimes because she's got those long legs and she really looks like she springs off of her opponent sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, the other ones just look bad. It looks like they they don't know how to drop kick, which I know they know how to drop kick. Yeah, it looks like they're missing the drop kick. uh, That's, yeah. Well, I I mean, God, you watch a drop kick in a lot of women's indie matches. They'll bump about a half an hour before the actual kick lands. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. Or or after. Whew. So they stomp each other and then Becky hits Alexa until she rolls out of the ring. Fakes an injury, gets the count out. Then Becky jumps her after after the match. Did you see anything in the new do you think they're dropping hints at her being aggressive or am I just working myself? You know, even if it's not heel stuff, I would just be happy with new aggressive doesn't yeah. say stupid shit, Becky Lynch. I agree. I I agree. I, I, we, we've discussed this before. I like sports Becky Lynch. You know, something else I would love is like Becky on her Instagram. And I know a lot of people are like, well, social, social media isn't your character. That's fine. She Stop is with the Charlotte. <laughs> no, I would love for her to continue with it. Oh, okay. And like, maybe she sees the other girls at the rumble and they're like, why are you hanging out with Charlotte all the time? She's like, just because she's a bitch to you doesn't mean she's a bitch to me. We're best friends. Mm-hmm. I would love that Sting-Luger dynamic with more people in today's wrestling. Like, I get along, like, personally in my life, I get along with a lot of people I consider complete assholes to everybody else. Uh, and I'm sure there are people that think that I'm an asshole, people that consider me a heel, and I get along with people that they love. That's just, I hate the black and white thing. I, and, yeah, I'll ask you this. Do you think they're doing anything special with the women at the Royal Rumble? No, I don't. I, I've heard I've heard that they're they were pondering a, a women's Royal Rumble, but I just don't think I. The battle royals that they do are so bad, and that drop is so tough for them to make it look good. I I just don't see that unless they found a way to get the uh, drop from the floor from the top or bottom rope to be smaller. I couldn't see them doing anything that special. I think it's probably just going to be singles matches or maybe a mult and maybe a multi tag for on the pre-show. Speaking of a multi man, we had this uh, main event. It was a good main event. Ziggler, Miz, uh, Luke Harper, Ambrose. Ziggler wins and oh, damn. He's not going to win that title, but that match is going to be something, Jeff. It is, but nobody's going to think he can win. And then he's going to lose. And then what? I mean, the last time he was in this position, they ended up putting the belt on him to swerve us all. And then he lost it again. So, I mean, 
are are they going to end up turning him heel out of frustration? People have been asking about that, but they never seem to do it. I just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, great. He's back. He he loses the Intercontinental title. He gets a world title match. What makes me think he can win type of thing? Because it seems like they're in this holding pattern until Cena comes back. If he does somehow win, he's not. That will be just another thing that makes the Miz's heel character even better because he's going to say that the world champion couldn't beat a guy that he beat on numerous occasions. Yeah. And, you know, that's what will happen. This was a very good match. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luke Harper hit one of the nastiest big boots I've seen in quite a while. That power bomb he hit. Yeah. Dolph was, was nasty looking too. I loved every minute of that. No, I, I'm, I'm a huge Luke Harper fan. And I think with a few weeks of build, they could make him something, but they view him as a big guy who does great moves who they can beat. And because he has that big guy credibility that they love. And so they think every time a a big guy gets beat, he's indestructible. Okay. Well, I mean, I, you know, I would have, I would have liked to have seen the Miz do a little bit more in this match, but I thought he was perfectly fine. I thought the story was perfectly fine as well. Um, and then Dolph and uh, Dean work well together, so I had no problem with that either. No, I, it was a very enjoyable match for, for a four-way. thought it was a very lazily booked show, mm-hmm. and I, I've, I've enjoyed the last three Raws in their entirety. Hmm. Like, I've had fun watching Raw the last three weeks. I can't remember the last time I've been able to say that. I mean, I'm sure somebody will pull up an old podcast from earlier this year where I'm like, oh, I loved Raw three straight weeks. You remember on Fightful episode number 25 when you said you enjoyed Raw? I'll tell you what, it sure as hell wasn't in the Fightful era. (laughs) It sure as shit wasn't then. Where's Bix? Oh, go ahead. Gosh. Meanwhile, Bix is like, Hulk Hogan and Gawker. What's up, Bix? Hi, Bix. Bix. (laughs) <laughs> the award nominated Bix. Yeah. Mind you. He's on air. For that coverage. For that coverage. What's our boy Bix going to do with his life now? He was deep in that Hogan Gawker shit, Jeff. Oh, yeah. No, he did. I mean, like, deep. Yes. His coverage was fantastic, I thought. And it was. It's one of those things. It's like, it's like the people who covered the OJ trial. It's like, yeah. now what? How do I top this? He he did a hell of a job on that. I like so. Jesus Christ. I thought like I delved into the Muhammad Hassan thing hard, and he's he was the the thing is I spent a few weeks on that story. He spent like a year. How long did the Gawker Hogan thing go? At least a year and a half, I thought. At least a year and a half on that across so many different outlets. Bix was Bix was on top of that shit. I still think that whole so, thing was a grift. I think that whole thing was a grift between Bubba and Hogan to get someone to bite on that sex tape and hey. publish it so they could sue him. I, I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Bubba didn't Bubba didn't have any damn thing happen to him. Nope. Got a nice little silence payoff from Hogan and off they went. Yeah. New day or demolition, better tag team title reign. Demolition. Demolition faced better teams. I mean, they faced the Brain Busters, the Hart Foundation, the Rockers. You know, I, I I don't consider the New Day a great tag team in the ring. I consider them a very entertaining act, 
but I don't consider them. They have, I mean, name an exemplary New Day tag team match. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com. For all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Mm, I'm sure I can think of one. You got to give me a few minutes. But uh, some of the teams that New Day beat that I can remember, the Usos, the Dudleys. Those are a couple of good teams. Lucha Dragons. Y2AJ. That's a hell of a team. Okay. Hell of a combo. Barrett and Sheamus. Del Rio and Rusev. The Vaude Villains. The Club five times. Cesaro and Sheamus, uh, a hey, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. That's that's a hell of a team. And Jarrett KO, not bad. Um, I think and the primetime players, the Vaudeville. I think I said the Vaudevillains. Enzo and Cass. So I mean, they beat like everybody WWE had to offer oh, yeah. for their time. Um, I I'm think not saying they're not talented. You asked me who was better, and I I just think sure. I just think tag team wrestling was better in that era that Demolition was in. So ergo, they were probably a better team. I guess. I guess. I'm going with New Day. I think they're more versatile. Definitely more versatile. No. Yes. They, oh, yeah. they did the same stuff every match. Yes. What the hell did Demolition do? Look, I'm not saying Demolition was a was a exemplary work rate team necessarily, but at least, you know, they worked with guys who were Better too, I think. So, I mean, it, look, okay, we'll agree to disagree. You continue. Last year's TLC match. There we go. Okay, that's a hell of a match. Now, I mean, they also had, I thought, a, a phenomenal match at Extreme Rules, like uh, 2015, because it was Kid and Cesaro. I thought it was an underrated match. You, you know what? I would have thought higher of New Day if Xavier Woods had played more of a part as an active in-ring performer. I think for them. He did a few. He had he had a few, and when he did it, he was very good. And you know, he'd have surprising offense yeah. and then get beat. But I mean, I like I I mean, I like the Freebird. He rule. was so valuable outside of the ring, though. Oh no, he was great at that. Don't get me wrong. I think he was phenomenal in that. I just I think at times, I mean, he's he was the Buddy Jack Roberts of the New Day. Yeah, and 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 he was great in that role. And plus, he plays trombone, which you know, the trombonists have to stick together. I mean, he learned it for the role, so that's dedication. No, he didn't. He had played it in high school, I think. Yeah, but come on. He was so rusty. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. He, he hadn't played it in a while. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, over 100 title – I think over 125 title defenses, including live events for yeah. New Day. Hey, that's impressive. Look, I don't think Demolition should have held the titles forever, the the longest reigning title forever, but I, I still think the New Day should have dropped it to Gallows and Anderson like about that second time that they defended it. Yeah, they the, Gallows and Anderson came up short in five attempts at those titles. <laughs> uh, Although that match, the, those two matches on Monday were quite good, I thought. Especially I'll say this, Cesaro. though. Cesaro was fantastic in that. New Day's televised defenses weren't against uh, Danny Brazil and Rusty Riddle either. Mm. Or Todd Becker and Butler Stevens. <laughs> well, the, the, the era of squash matches is what it was. 
are you talking about? We have squash matches today. Well, not really. You have you have some damn good ones. <laughs> we have Goldberg versus Lesnar. I mean, guys who didn't get an entrance back then. Okay, <laughs> dudes who are doing the job these days get entrance. Diana didn't get an entrance tonight. No, but she also didn't get a match tonight. <laughs> oh man. Somebody says, just notice the description below Jeff's name. What does it say under there, Jeff? The jerk that goes to work. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. So, um, Chris Hero, coming back to NXT. Uh, this was a very poorly kept secret mm. on the internet, mm. Jeff. Yes. Because I'll be quite honest. If I hear about it, it's a bad, it's a poorly kept secret. If it's if it's an indie guy, I'm not, I, I'm not always plugged into that stuff, but... When you had me making Josie Scott and Chad Kroger performance references, then you got to know something. It's it's. If I'm giving you the, the if I'm giving there. you the scoop, it's poorly kept, and I think I'm the one who told you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very, very. It was it was not a big secret, uh, but the thing is, you know, Chris Hero, who many thought was fired because of his condition, is now at his absolute fattest. I- you know what? I don't think it was his conditioning. I think it would. I I've think it was. Well. well, I think it was the the attitude towards conditioning necessarily. They were saying attitude problem, and, and that could mean a bevy of things, especially in the Bill Demott era, which he was in. That's so, that's a very good point. So I, you know what? I don't believe it was the conditioning per se. I think it was somewhere wrapped around it. I think it's tangentially involved, but don't get me wrong. I, I don't think that's the main reason. Sorry, my phone's going off. In what the in the hell is that? That's Jeff? my that's my text machine in the back. Your anyway. text machine. Okay. Yes. So, Chris Hero, he's thirty six years old, but I think, I think WWE realizes they're losing some of that steam, some of that buzz from NXT that a guy like Chris Hero can yes. bring back to them. Yes, and I think they're not getting young bucks. So I, I think Chris Hero also brings something else from the indies that is lacking, especially with the exception of Samoa Joe, if, especially if you take Samoa Joe up and that's a certain toughness and, and, and gruff mm-hmm. aura about him as opposed to the more stylized indie thing. Now, don't get me wrong. Chris hero can do any kind of style, which makes him very, very versatile and very, very wanted on that. I mean, he could do a Lucha style match with CN Almas if you wanted to. Uh, but you know what? I w- I want, Heroes Never Die, which is Chris Hero and Tommy End versus The Revival. So bad. Oh, That's man. a manly match right there. I mean, I know people want poor, to hear- poor Scott Dawson's going to crush his knees doing a friggin' shatter machine to Chris Hero. Let's put it this way. I know people want Hero with the Kings of Wrestling and Cesaro, and I wouldn't mind that again. But, man, I'd, I'd love to see some of these matches in NXT. I'd love to see Shinsuke and Chris Hero. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I, I couldn't be Here, happy. Here's the thing. I wouldn't be shocked if Chris Hero was like almost in the Oscar role, like the career NXT guy. I'm not upset with that either. I think he can teach these young guys a lot. Oh yeah. I think if he's hit his ceiling in NXT, I think he could, you know what, if he's making money and not having to hustle out there, I think that's fine too. And I think they'll probably have him help train people, which I have no problem with it either. Cause I've heard good things about him as a trainer. He can work any style. I mean, yeah. it's, he gets a certain kind of psychology that he's learned from working the road that a lot of guys don't have. 
Yeah, he's he's a hell of a hand. He's old enough uh, where he, he's old enough where he's lived through the history when the indies were really getting hot when ROH was, you know, you know, Daniel Bryant or Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe and AJ and all of those. I mean, he the, the real boom period of the indies he lived through and he has that kind of history to to drop on. I think I think it's a great signing for him. I'm happy that they didn't sour on him forever because I always thought that was I thought he was working the main event of NXT on television the week he got cut. So it, it, it always kind of floored me that they just kind of gave up on him. But I also think that may be partially due to who was running the training center at the time. Uh, absolutely. I think so. Um, so a little bit of UFC news before we talk about the writer that was fired Okay. this week. The, the UFC has announced a 145-pound division and a subsequent title match and Cyborg ain't in it. Holly Holm, who hasn't won since her fight with Ronda Rousey, is taking on Jermaine Durandamy. Now, I'll tell you why I don't have a problem with this. There are some people that are saying, well, Holm rejected a fight against Cyborg, mm-hmm. but agreed to it at a lower weight. Well, I mean, her agent accepted the fight. There's a lot of weird stuff here. Basically, Jermaine Durandamy deserves the title shot. She's the only one not turning down fights in this entire equation. She right. said, give me home, give me Cyborg, give me anybody. Cyborg turned down both of them. Said you couldn't fight till March. UFC says, tough, we're not waiting till March. I've got a lot of mixed emotions about this, but, uh, you know, <sighs> there's nobody to fight in this division. They've created a division uh, for someone who's not going to make the weight in the division. Who, Cyborg? Yeah. Yeah, she claims that she can't make weight in eight to ten weeks. Then what use is she as a fighter? I don't know. Meanwhile, <laughs> they really need a 125-pound division because you got girls like Valerie Letourneau almost killing themselves to make 115. Mm. You have Joanna, who has done much more for the UFC than Chris Cyborg ever has or ever will. Yes. And she wants a 125-pound division. Um, you got Jessica I, who... I feel like she's just waiting for it. I don't know. She's just waiting for it. She'd be she'd be a top five fighter, I think, in a one twenty five division. Do you, Paige Van Zant? Yeah, yeah, I do. Hasn't she lost five of her last six though? I mean, is, is it just because it's one thirty fivers? Okay, okay, I'll give it to she's you. She's a one hundred and twenty five pound fighter. That's what she right. is. Okay. You have Paige Van Zant saying, "Yeah, I'd fight at one twenty five. Well, of get, course, get, I would. Get past Michelle Waterston first there. I think she could get, I think she'd get past Michelle Watterson. I really do. Um, I don't know if she will. We'll talk about that tomorrow afternoon on the show with Showdown Joe. But you have 125. You got Joanne Calderwood, Valerie Letourneau, Leslie Smith, uh, Liebarger, Ashley, or Ashley Daly. Gosh, who else? Nina Ansaroff, Andrade, Carmouche, Jessica I, Caitlin Chikagan. You have some decent fighters at 145. Boy, is it slim pickings. Yeah. Raquel Pennington at 125. You got girls trying to come up. And like I've said on this show a few times this week, Jeff, if Ronda Rousey's walking around at about 136, 137, I don't want to see her fight Chris Cyborg anymore. That is no longer appealing to me at any weight. No, and it seems like 145 is for 
no offense, but for older women from the 135 division who can no, no longer drop that, who no longer want to drop that much weight or can drop that much weight. Or are going to get, or getting their asses kicked at 135. Yeah. <sighs> there you have it. <laughs> Give us a little background on this writer, Jeff. Oh, Tom Cassiello? Uh, former yeah, soap fire last week. Champion of the soap- women's revolution. Supposedly. Uh, former soap opera writer. Supposedly. Uh, supposedly the number three on the staff behind mm-hmm. uh, Kosky and Ward. Um, is purported to have been a very heavy proponent of the women. Maybe taking the fall for that Hell in the Cell match not going over so well, which had nothing to do with him. And I think is a complete overreaction. I do too. I enjoyed the match. I this didn't is, see a damn thing wrong with it. This is what Vince does, though. Look, I, there, there are so many little things that bug me about this that are all coming together. Number one, you don't fire someone between Thanksgiving and and Christmas. Yeah, or New Year's. Unless, just, unless it's Mike Nugent. That's a dick move. Oh, I'll, oh yeah, yeah. Unless you're unless you're having a very poor job performance, sure. But, I mean, look, WWE, in terms of a writing staff, I have nothing against the normal writers on there um, because I don't view – I don't blame creative for these decisions. I blame Vince for the, these decisions. I think he took it very well. I think, look, a, as a guy who went from job to job in writing my first five or six years out here in L.A., you learn that if you get job security, you're one of the lucky ones. But I combine that kind of mentality with the fact that I think the WWE does not run a professional writer's room. I don't think the showrunner there does much long term planning like most showrunners do, although he thinks he does. I don't find it to be a collegial, collaborative type of environment necessarily, because in a regular writer's room, you can have a bad idea and people will try and make it better. Or a, or you can have a bad story arc and people will punch it up in that room and try and make everybody look good. Look, the name on the script for most TV shows, which WWE people don't even get, that's, that's, that's usually just a person who put the bare bones story together was assigned that by the showrunner. It's usually far different than the original script, and it's usually about eight different people putting in jokes and throwing in things in there to the point where the original script looks completely different. In WWE, from what I've been told from talking to former writers of all stripes, either been there for a few years or maybe even one day. If you give a bad idea in a meeting, you get shamed for it. They don't try and make it better. They just tell you you're a moron or you've set the business back for 10 years and to shut up. So, I mean, why would you want to speak up for anything out of the box thinking that you didn't think would please the boss? But in most writers rooms, you come up, you throw out your bad ideas. You throw out even putrid you know most people would find some of the ideas that people th- and jokes they people throw out there very very offensive but you get through that to get to the good stuff in the wwe to me in terms of the collaborative effort it seems that you you try and hold on to whatever good idea you have for the right time to then bring it up on there so you get seen as a genius so you can keep your job for a little bit while longer but writers overall are disposable in every aspect of Hollywood. I mean, if actors and directors could find a way to do a movie without a script, they would. Um, and in the WWE, it's, it's even worse to me. So, I mean, I think he handled it quite well. 
part of me seems to think that maybe perhaps the WWE may have taken a, a page from reality television, may have anti-disparagement clauses now in contracts because nobody ever speaks ill of the WWE anymore when they get fired, which always makes me seem, makes it seem kind of, except for talent who had been there for a while. You know what I mean? So it makes me seem a little bit suspicious when everybody goes, well, oh, no, everything was good. We're, we're all on good terms. See you later. I'm it's like, weird. People who leave uh, of their own volition are the ones who speak out against WWE. Yeah. I don't usually do that. I think it's kind of a relief that, hey, the stress is over. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I, I remember I interviewed Krista Joseph, and I thought that the first season and a half, two seasons of Lucha Underground were some of the most creative. You know, there's a lot of wild shit, but some of the most creative stuff. And he was like, Sean, 99 out of 100 ideas that I pitched in WWE got shot down. Mm-hmm. I didn't use a single one of those recycled ideas here to show you what that environment is like. They've got people like Max Landis who are consulting for them, and he has said when he – they don't listen to him. Like they just have – basically they have him there so he won't consult elsewhere or I don't know, maybe maybe so he won't make wrestling as a wrestling too. I don't know I, why they, they do that. It's really have, weird. Why do you think they I, do that? I have heard from one person um, who will remain nameless – and you wouldn't recognize the name anyways, probably. Uh, <laughs> where You'd be surprised, Jeff. Oh, no, no. You might. I, I, you might. I think the collective you probably wouldn't care. Um, but that that Vince likes to have those people who come in from soap opera worlds or the television world who may be scabbing or something like that to basically show them how to write real television. So it's funny. Uh, there was a wrestler that I, that I interviewed and I think the interviews up on Fightful. I can't remember who it was, but he's like, Oh, would you ever write for WWE if they came calling? And I'm like, shit, I make my full time living 25 feet from my bed. Like, and I interview all these writers and I, I hear about the schedule and like, you have to have five years of writing experience in like Hollywood or production experience. I'm like, they wouldn't, they, they don't want people like that. And I don't know that a, a regular person would want what that is. People who it's don't, I mean, they can't, you can't be union and go there because they're a non-union shop. So that makes it hard yeah. for people who have worked in regular television to go over and do that. Look, I've been asked the same thing. And my point of view has changed because I did interview with creative a long time ago. My point of view is this. If they, if they ever came to me and said, despite all these terrible things you've said about our product, would you like to come in? I'd say, sure, I'll consult. But I wouldn't sell my house. I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at this as a long-term thing because I could see myself being fired within a week because I am now, for lack of a better term, I'm secure enough in my ideas where I won't care if – I will stand for what I think is good and I will pitch that and I won't care if it gets shot down. I think when they, they, when they bring in these writers and a lot of them are in their young twenties and they're looking for a foothold in the industry, they are insecure about whether or not they are good enough to write for television. And that helps the WWE in that aspect in terms of, well, we're not going to, we're going to have a lot of compliant people. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people who have fought with Vince in that writer's room and Vince likes that sometimes and sometimes it's just eh, whatever but 
overall writers are just another disposable thing. Like there's, there's no professional writers room in the world where the showrunner would keep the staff sitting in the room for two hours and not let them leave to go to the bathroom or something like that while they were waiting for him. Okay. That, that wouldn't happen in a professional writer's room. That's a mind fuck is what that is. Here's a mind fuck. Zach Ryder's injured. Oh, probably out of uh, you know what he when he when he took that uh bump to yeah. the outside right yep favored his knee pulled from a tribute to the troops match uh. so it only makes sense that kurt hawkins replaces him <laughs> or heath or heath uh wonder how they're gonna pull this off they started this hype bros thing last week jesus he needs to start like the the world's most interesting man, like the unluckiest man in the world gimmick. Oh my god, this poor guy's 2016. Get a hot girlfriend. Hot girlfriend. Wrapped into raw. 24 hour intercontinental title reign at WrestleMania. Happiest moment of his life. Loses it on Raw the next night. <laughs> Get yourself over. Can't change a tire. <laughs> Oh, God. Date Eva Marie, or not Eva Marie, Eve Torres. Cena makes out with her. <laughs> and, uh, although Emma might be in that same boat now because they're pulling that whole Brodus Clay thing with her where it's like, she'll debut next week. Never debut. Millions of followers. Get your show canceled. Mm-hmm. Those are the breaks, my friends. These what else are is going on in the wrestling world, Jeff? New Japan has announced that they're going to be doing some G1 matches yeah. here in uh, here in Los Angeles. Kind of hyped for that. I don't know where they, they're going to run, possibly. Word word on the streets is maybe they want to open up a dojo. Did I read that right? Yes. That's a complete rumor. Reop- reopen a dojo because they used, to, they, they used to be here in Santa Monica, I think. I, I know. Machida, Nakamura, and Daniel Bryan roomed together there. Hmm. And uh, Daniel Bryan told a story about former, former – uh, UFC light heavyweight champion, Leoto Machida, who is Brazilian, speaks Portuguese. Shinsuke Nakamura speaks Japanese, and he said they spoke just enough English to hate each other. Oh, man, that's disappointing. Those two. Imagine (laughs) the competitive nature in that house with Nakamura and Machida. Especially Nakamura having had an MMA background as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. That's a reality show. That's some good stuff. They could run the Forum. The Forum's a smaller arena, but it's not so small that it doesn't seem, you know, lightweight. I, I, I can't see them running a smaller theater like the Palladium where NXT ran out here. They're not big enough to run Staples Center. That's just ridiculous. So I'm, I'm the trying Memorial to figure Coliseum out The Coliseum's still open, they'll run it. The LA Sports Arena, I think they tore that down already. I'll see him, the one that's like 93,000. Isn't that no, where no, the no, no. That's where, the, that's where the Rams play. And they probably, hey, let's do it. They'd, they'd probably outside, draw more than the Rams. They draw more than the Rams. I guarantee you that. Have more offense, too. Just had to have a team in L.A., didn't they? I miss having the best games on every week in Los Angeles. <laughs> Jeez, man. <sighs> L.A. Mm-hmm. Deanna Perrazzo says to me, who needs sleep when you could be wrestling? As I tweet that this year she's appeared for WWE, NXT, Ring of Honor, TNA, Beyond, House of Hardcore, OBW, and Chikara. Never knock the year. hustle. Never knock the hustle. She's Man. the hardest working woman on the indies. 
to me. Impressive. Yes. So impressive. How old is she? Like 22? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. 22. And WWE still hasn't signed her. I think the the impression she got is maybe they wanted her to be a little, maybe do this a little more. I'd have to go back and really read the transcript of the interview I did with her. Uh, the interview is up on Fightful.com's YouTube, by the way, guys. So peep that out. Also, is it go wrong for- that I just is it wrong that I just think they have an aversion to signing female wrestlers over, say, fitness models? I don't know. <laughs> if given, you put her mind to it, I'm sure she could be a fitness model. So, I given mean, that they just signed a, another fitness model to train at the Performance Center, they, they signed a lot of women's wrestlers too, though. Okay, fair. Guys, go vote for myself, for Fightful, for Jeff, for Brandon Howard over in the Sheeties. Those closed this weekend. I I am told. Big breaking news. Also, you all keep asking about about Fightful shirts. I'm going to work on it. I'll see what we can do. Jeff, you got anything else before we bid these people adieu? Before, besides saying, go follow us at Fightful Online on Twitter and Facebook, of course. I'll plug Shake Them Ropes myself in. One Rob McCarron this week will be you going over. We'll be going over Roadblock, uh, end of the line. And uh, our top 100 match this week is from WrestleMania 12, the Iron Man match, which also fits in well with the uh, end of the road preview. This one, though, was Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. That wasn't a joke. That was that was a perfectly. Never mind. I don't know who did that. Oh, <laughs> I didn't do that. You're the morning zoo guy here. You love those. Sound we need effects. all the. We need all the sound effects, like the obnoxious morning sound effects. That's like hey, Hawkins <laughs> and Sean Ross Sapp. Get through your morning commute. Here's Ray Stevens with the streak. One of those. <laughs> what would the station that we're on be called? <laughs> Let's see. Are we west of the Mississippi or east of the Mississippi? Um, yeah, that was a good W-A-K-Y, one. W-A-K-Y, Wacky Radio, 104.3. <laughs> Guys, I'm running out of content here. <laughs> so I am back. Wednesday afternoon at 1 with Showdown Joe. Register for free at Fightful.com. No credit card required to get that uh, Matt Riddle show early access on Thursday. Also, uh, Shane Helms on Friday. We're talking total nonstop deletion. You're going to see a lot of uh, familiar faces in total nonstop deletion. Yes. So check that out Thursday night. Of course, we're covering it at Fightful.com. We have NXT Lucha Underground tribute to the troops Wednesday night. We have... Total nonstop deletion Thursday night. UFC on Fox Saturday night. Come hang out in those live discussions, guys. Talk some trash with people. Roadblock Saturday night. Of course, we have shows covering all that great stuff over at Fightful.com. If you haven't visited the site, do so. As always, leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe to us. YouTube, iTunes. iTunes yeah, iTunes. We're coming iTunes. to Stitcher soon, too, I think. All that. Guys, until next time, we're out.